Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 122 of the podcast for July 4th, 2011. It's a holiday today, but I recorded the session last month with Paul Akers, the president and founder of a company called FastCap in Bellingham, Washington. And I, I think it maybe it's appropriate to release this on July 4th because we're also going to be talking about an initiative of Paul's um, leanamerica.org. That's the, the website you can go to. Um, talking about Paul's efforts to try to help promote lean, um, not only through government. There are a lot of efforts in different states and cities, um, including right there in Paul's area, which he'll talk about in the podcast here. But also, you know, Paul's efforts to just spread lean more broadly. He's doing a lot of um, volunteer work through this nonprofit, um, sharing and, and teaching and allowing people to come visit FastCap, which is a company that's done a lot of great work with lean and Kaizen, especially with staff engagement. So I would also recommend go to YouTube and look for FastCap TV, which is their YouTube channel. I'll link to it at leanblog.org slash 122, which is the blog post for this episode. You can go to leanpodcast.org for past episodes. And as always, um, thanks a lot for listening. Well, Paul, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm really excited to have you as a guest on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Mark. You're a, a big fan. I'm a big fan of you, and uh, I'd love to help you out and talk about my favorite subject in the whole world, which is lean. Yeah. So why don't we start off, if you can introduce yourself and some of your background. Um, I always like to ask people, how did you first get exposed to lean? Because there's usually an interesting story there. And, and talk about your company, FastCap. Yeah, well, I have an incredible story how I got introduced to lean. And when I look back on it, it's almost miraculous that I, I actually bought off on it because our company, FastCap, is a 13-year-old product development company. We develop woodworking tools and equipment. And we are very, very successful. And Pre-lean, we were very, very successful. Three years in to starting my company in my garage, we were extremely profitable. We uh, had won many awards, won business of the year. Uh, the bank was willing to loan us any amount of money we wanted. a matter of fact, the story I tell one week before learning about lean for the first time, the bank president was walking through our facility because they were going to make us a quarter of a million dollar line of credit. And, you know, for a small company, the banks don't give out quarter of a million dollar lines of credit because that's a pretty risky thing. Mm -hmm. And they decided they were going to do it for us. But the bank president wanted to take one last walk to make sure the loan committee didn't make any mistakes. So he wanted to come to our facility, he walked around it. And when he got done with the tour, he leaned against one of our machines and he said, you know, Paul, I've never been in a business so well run, so well managed, so well disciplined, so well organized. I'd give you any amount of money you wanted. And I said, wow, that's encouraging. That's not the kind of words you hear from banks. They don't do those kinds of things. So I was feeling pretty good about myself, and rightfully so. You know, I had a rich background in construction and manufacturing. I worked for Bob Taylor, Taylor Guitars. I worked with him building the first 2,000 guitars with Taylor Guitars, and I built uh, – I was part of the construction project on the Home for Architectural Digest uh, – in Bel Air, and I built $10 million condo projects when I was just a young kid at 23 years old. So I did a lot of edgy things, and I was comfortable in the manufacturing world. I thought I knew what I was doing. And then a week later, <laughs> this is the funny part of the story, 
is I hired a consultant to come in and help me manage inventory. And this guy was from the Washington Manufacturers Association. And he walked around my facility, did the same walk the bank president did a week earlier. But this time, when he got to the end of the tour, I said, Tracy, can you help me? And he looked at me and said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, what do you mean you don't know? And he said, well, you know, you have some problems. And I said, well, like what? And he said, well, you don't know how to manufacture. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so, I mean, I was up against a rock and a hard place. Yeah, here. How, how do you reconcile yeah, the, it, those two assessments? So different, right? So... I said, well, what's my problem? And he said, you need to learn TPS, the Toyota Production System, which I'd never heard of, or Lean Manufacturing, or Kaizen. And I said, how do I learn it? And I said, and he said, you know, hire some consultants. So I convinced my wife to let me hire these consultants at, you know, $20,000 a week. They were ridiculously expensive, but very effective. And they came in and basically took everything that I had done and dismantled it and changed it. So the story that I tell are two particular areas that they changed dramatically. Is we got rid of all of our finished goods. We had racks and racks and racks of finished goods, and we got rid of it all. And the way they got rid of it is they walked over to the machines that were making it, and they said, why are you making so much? And we said, well, because our setup times are really difficult and they're long, and they take 45 minutes to get the machine running good parts. And they said, well, we're going to work on that. So they proceeded to work on it, and within one week, they had transformed it from 45-minute setup time and change out to five minutes. Wow. They took – yeah, it's just incredible the stuff they did, and obviously, I became a true believer, if you would, pretty quickly when I saw what they were doing. And then the next thing is we make a laser leveling device called the Laser Jam, and that – we were building 100 of them at a time. It's just an aluminum extruded system, and it's pretty complicated, and we build 100 at a time, big batch work. Mm. We had huge assembly tables with all the different batches as they moved through the process. And they said, well, we're not going to do that anymore. We're only going to build one at a time. And then they first made me build paper airplanes, and then I got it. And then we started disassembling or disassembling that whole area, and they started building one at a time. We took that process, again, from 45 minutes to build one laser jam at 100 pieces at a time down to seven minutes. So dramatic improvements and all the mistakes that we were making were eliminated because we caught those as we did one piece flow. So that's really how I got started with Lean. And uh, I went from being a, a very good company mm -hmm. in everyone's eyes to being a dramatically better company. And that's not the normal Lean story. Most mm -hmm. people are up against the wall and they implement Lean. I was just the opposite. We were rocking. Yeah. And it, you've shared so many stories and especially the great videos. I'd encourage anybody listening to go to YouTube and find the FastCap TV channel. Um, and those videos show uh, just the, the, the amazing way that your employees appear to be engaged and they're excited about making improvements and, and making things better in, in the workplace. The creativity and, and the innovation and, and the continuous improvement is just a wonderful thing to see. Yeah, well, to quote, to quote a, a country western singer, Gretchen Wilson, my people are all jacked up. They <laughs> love what they do, and they are empowered to do what they do. We just are doing employee reviews right now, and every one of them I ask as they come in, I say, you know, do you like working here? And they say, yes. And I say, why? And they say, because I have freedom because I don't have to ask people to do things, because I can make a decision and try my ideas, and if I fail, you're not going to be mad at me. All you want me to do is learn. 
And that is a culture of continuous improvement. And that is just carte blanche from just about every employee I have. That's the common theme is, you know, you treat me like I'm a human being and like I have a brain. Yeah. So, so you, you've, you've done great things in the business world at FastCap. And now let, let's transition and, and talk about, a little bit about your pathway into um, looking at and well, advocating lean methods in government. Um, you ran uh, for the U.S. Senate nomination in Washington State in 2010. Um, you're now involved with um, your LeanAmerica.org initiative. So can you talk uh, about that that transition into the the political and the government realm? Do you think – can you how, – how do lean principles apply? Can you create a, a culture and an environment inside the beltway or in government settings where people are excited and reducing waste and providing more value for the taxpayers? How, how do you see that translating? Well, I think it, it translates perfectly. I don't think there is one iota difference in government than in a woodworking product development company. People are people. People are creative. People have great ideas. What people need is leadership excellence. And Ultimately, that's what Lean's about. We call it, you know, operational excellence, but it's really leadership excellence. So if you get a leader like Gary Jensen, the mayor of Ferndale, or Bill Alfo, the sheriff of uh, Whatcom County, who I'm working with, or Rob McKenna, the attorney general, these are all people that we've worked with that have toured our facility that we're training. And when these leaders see the power of what Lean can do, and they unleash that creativity, i.e. their people's creativity to solve small problems every day, then it translates perfectly. I mean, there's no there's no special thing you have to do because it's government. You just ask your people what bugs you, as Carl Waldenston mm-hmm. says, and allow them to implement changes on a small, manageable level on a daily basis, and you get the same exact re- uh, result in government as you would in private industry at least that's what i'm experiencing so is part of the problem it seems that in in politics or government people are always looking for the big idea does that get in the way of the smaller continuous improvement type thinking and can you talk about maybe some examples there in washington state or local government that you're aware of where where people are engaged in continuous improvement well, I love examples. I think talk is cheap, especially theorists. I'm not into theory. So Rob McKenna is a great example. I'll just start with him. Uh, Rob McKenna, our attorney general, is running for governor, uh, has less people in the attorney general's office today than he did when he started six years ago, and he's cranking out a lot more work. Why? Because he realized that if he allowed his people to make continuous improvements uh, in his organization, that they could actually just through attrition eliminate people, although the main thing of of lean is not to eliminate jobs, but in government, Mm -hmm. in this case, government often has way too many people doing work, and so you don't have to lay people off. You just don't have to uh, keep filling those jobs as people retire, and that's what Rob's done, and it's been very successful, and he's getting more for less. It's that simple. And then if we switch over to uh, Gary, uh, Bill Alpo, the sheriff of Whatcom County, Uh, Just in the first week or two that they implemented lean after touring our facility, and they come there all the time. The sheriff's deputies basically live at our facility, and the running joke is they always think some big crime's happening at (laughs) FASCAP. There's always about, you know, 10 patrol cars parked outside our 
our facility because there's always police officers in our facility learning lean. But just in the first two weeks, they they were feeding all the inmates in the in the jail. And they were always giving them a tray with silverware and everything like that. And then after every meal, they'd have to count and account for mm-hmm. all those silverware. And they got they quit doing all that. They gave it to them in a pair of brown paper bag. They eliminated 90% of the cleanup and all the counting of high-end employees going through this whole process. They cut $43,000 million, 43, million, $43, just in that one small little uh, change. And that's... Uh, engaging their people to solve problems and then gary jensen the city of ferndale uh this is really incredible because i was i we were building a new facility in ferndale it took two years to get the permits for our facility two years and over two hundred thousand dollars for permits well gary's building department that's where we started first with lean there they're cranking out building permits in one day now wow (laughs) <laughs> Talk about taking. I, I, I mean, that that's a value stream to take waste out of, right? I, I think that works. You know, it, it's pretty awesome. So you've got examples of of where this works. Um, so so tell tell us more about Lean America, leanamerica.org, org. Um, the the message that you're spreading and the impact you're hoping to have. I mean, it says here on the website, transforming government by empowering people um, is a high level message. Um, what what tell, tell us about that initiative? Well, that's really the essence of lean. It's really just about saying that people matter, respecting people, and and allowing them to have a voice. And so I'm trying to teach government leaders that you can do that. You can actually trust your people and start small like Gary Jensen did and like Bill Alpho did. And it will actually accumulate to something substantive. So that's what my goal is. But I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. Well, initially, Lead America was primarily geared towards businesses. Excuse me, towards government. It is now heavily involved with businesses. We're also training uh, Bangor, uh, Washington, the military base, the nuclear base there. Those people are regularly touring our facility. Theta, our uh, group health is regularly touring our facility. So we're, we're dealing with a lot of different organizations. And I think the point is we have opened it up and we're training businesses and government organizations because I think at the end of the day, Mark, here's my agenda. I want to educate people that there is a better way. And the more people that understand lean principles and implement them, then I think the expectation of the constituents, whether it be in Texas or in Washington, Mm -hmm. are going to say to their government leaders, hey, do you know anything about lean? Because I'm not going to give you my vote unless you're clued in to world-class business principles. Because I know if you don't know this, you are going to waste my money. That's my agenda. I want to educate people on lean, and we do it all for free. We charge nothing for the videos. We're not in it for the money. We could care less about it. Mm -hmm. We're in it to help people and basically say thank you to America for everything America has given me with the wild success of my company because I wouldn't be able to do Mm -hmm. this really at the level I'm doing it any, anywhere else in the world. So how, in terms of people getting that education, um, are, is, do they come and visit you in, in FastCap in, in Bellingham, Washington, or are you taking the show on the road? Well, we do a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. We have 
a lot of different methodologies to achieve that. Uh, the number one way we do it is we have what's called a learn to see tour, which is about two hours long. It starts at 7.15 in the morning till about 9 o'clock. It's a very lean tour in that I know a lot of tours are very long, six, seven hours long. We, we distill it down into two hours and we crank it out. By the time you get done with this in two hours, you're so overloaded, you couldn't, even, you couldn't fit another thing in. So there's no sense in going for a third or fourth hour. So that's the number one way vehicle is we have a lean tour. We train people there. Usually the groups are anywhere between 10 and 30 people at a time. We do them every Friday, although we're taking a hiatus during the summer because we're so overwhelmed, we can't keep up with the number of tours that people want to come. We have people literally come from all over the world to tour our facility. We've had German companies in there. We've had lots of Canadian companies. We've worked with Bombardier, Learjet. Uh, we're training some uh, companies up in Calgary right now that are coming down and uh, companies from Florida, aerospace companies, uh, just the whole gamut. You name it, we have people coming there. So that's number one. The second way we do it is we have a radio show called The American Innovator, and that's every Saturday. I just got off the air just before I came on with you. Mm-hmm. And that is another vehicle, one hour long. We talk about lean principles and how to teach businesses and people how to start thinking and seeing waste. And then the third way, I'm 51 years old and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> the third way is uh, I speak a lot. And I did forget yeah. actually just for one moment, but fortunately I'm only 51 and it came back to me quickly. <laughs> I speak a lot. I just spoke. I just had an interesting experience. I was just asked by a group in Salt Lake City to come speak to a group of pastors. So I flew out there and I spoke to an evangelical group of pastors on lean in the church. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not speaking in Washington somewhere, in Utah, uh, those are the three vehicles. And then I've almost got my book done, which is called Two Second Lean. And that will be done maybe in about another month or six weeks. And that, I think, also will be a great vehicle to teach the principles that we believe in. Yeah, yeah. That's um, exciting to hear about all of that. And um, in, in the time we have left, um, it's just a um couple of other questions. So you talk about the idea that you know, in upcoming elections, you, you would hope voters would say, I'm not going to vote for you unless you embrace um, lean principles. Um, you know, as a quick aside, I would hope you know, hospital patients might sort of demand the same thing of the healthcare system. Uh, say, I'm not going to come have my, not have my procedure done here unless uh, you're, you're, you're taking lean seriously. But what, what's your, I mean, try to make forecasts for 2012. Um, and, and, and there's others now talking about Lean, um, Newt Gingrich has um, has talked about Lean and Six Sigma for government. I mean, do, do you see candidates in, embracing this and talking about it? Do you see candidates in both parties hopefully I embracing do. this? Um, I what? do. I've heard President Obama talk about it. And, uh, I mean, I'm hearing this, this nomenclature espouse everywhere I go. I know, for instance, the Attorney General is running for governor. Every speech he gives, he talks about lean manufacturing and the Toyota production system. That, frankly, Mark, is unheard of. That, that's yeah. not what you hear out of politicians. And yet that is what people are saying. Bill Alpo is saying the same thing. Uh, Gary Jensen saying the same thing. People are getting it. And it's the big deal. And it's very exciting. And I'm hearing on the national level and I know that you and I have the same goals. We're trying to make this a better country, right. and uh, everybody's contributing. I know Mike George, who you just introduced me to, is doing the same thing. And I think collectively, and John Toussaint, Dr. John Toussaint, we're all working together the same goal. We just want a better, more thoughtful America, and I think we're going to get there because we're not going to give up. 
And and hopefully there's a, a shift in some of the discussion when we talk about um, waste in government. I mean, I think back even to the Clinton administration, Al Gore um, as vice president had an initiative of trying to uh, reduce waste. Uh, I, you know, I don't think anybody was using lean terminology. Uh, it, it seems sometimes in politics, um, and a question for you here, I mean, when we talk about waste in government, that's often code for, you know, programs of that other party that we don't agree with. Right. Um, but, you know, do, do you think people will start embracing the idea of, you know, taking a look at what government is doing and, and trying to do that with better quality and, and better efficiency? Well, I think it's interesting that you would say that because my campaign uh, platform was 10-3 lean. It said to cut government across the board, Republican and Democrat and Libertarian, you name it, cut them all by 10%. The military, uh, the White House, I don't care, the senator's salaries, the, the representative salaries, the cost to run uh, the Capitol, every last program is cut 10% for three consecutive years and then implement a lean strategy simultaneously. If you did those simple things, you would find out that, hey, we've got plenty of money. As I like to say, Mark, our bucket is full. We do not have an empty bucket. It's empty because we're sloppy with the resources we have. Mm -hmm. It is not empty because we need more water and we need more buckets. And a final question for you here before we wrap up. Um, this, I actually sent a message out on, on Twitter that I was going to be interviewing you. So Joe Dager, um, his, his Twitter name's at Business901, had a question for you. Um, you know, with, with candidates talking about lean, you know, there, there's a risk. Um, there's a lot of lip service um, that, that could be taking place. And, and lean doesn't mean anything without sustainability, which comes from people and culture. What, what are your hopes about being able to replace or improve that Beltway culture, would it take five or 10 years? Or what, what, what are your thoughts about sort of trying to embed this in part of um, the Washington culture? Well, I think for sure it's going it, to, you know, the realistic target would be five to 10 years, 10 years. But I think the pressure is on right now. I think the pressure's on from people like Mike George, myself, yourself, and a lot of other people. And, you know, some crazy things could happen. It could happen in just a couple years with one or two strategically placed leaders. Mm. If you get some high-level leaders that, that can demonstrate that this works and that it is not partisan politics, it is not about Republican or Democrat, it's about results, I think we could turn it much quicker. But I think in a normal business map plan, I think 10 years is realistic, but I'm, I, my goal is much faster than that. That's for sure. And I'm working, I'm working my butt off to make it happen. Well, I'm, I'm, gl I'm glad that you are. And, you know, your, your enthusiasm is, is certainly contagious. And um, I'm glad that you're working so hard um, to try to help influence things, uh, both in Washington State and throughout the country, all the way out to Washington, D.C., um, so, Paul, it's a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad I finally got to have you on the podcast, and hopefully we'll be able to talk soon and, and talk about some of the progress that you're making uh, in all these areas. Great. Thanks, Mark. I love being on your show. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.